Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is John Kuzma from EndzoneBlog.com's Across the Middle radio show. We got uh, another great podcast for you guys today. Um, Let's get right to the ticker. First things up, we got the New Orleans Saints. Uh, The New Orleans Saints signed Cameron Meredith to an offer sheet. For those of you who don't know, Cameron Meredith is uh, a wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. He uh, played college ball at Illinois State. Um, he actually went undrafted. Uh, he was uh, he came into college at Illinois State as a quarterback, then switched over to a wide receiver in his final year. I think he went for like a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. He ultimately goes undrafted, but a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was going through a position change. Well, uh, the Chicago Bears see Meredith; they like that he's a. Uh, like I think he's like 6'3", 200 pounds. They like uh, his frame and size as a wide receiver, so they pick him up as an undrafted free agent. And uh, really, he he uh, it was a little bit slow his first year, but that, after that, he had a big season. I think around 800 yards and like four or five touchdowns. Well, last year in 2017, Meredith was hurt most of the year. Uh, he, I don't think he recorded very many I don't think he recorded any any stats in 2017 to be honest with you um but the the Saints saw something in Meredith because he has a lot of uh potential and he he was only like a two-year nine like nine and a half million dollar contract I'm pretty sure so the Saints when they looked at Meredith they saw a player that could give them a lot of upside but didn't cost them uh like an arm and a leg to bring him on board you know uh meredith is only going to make like four and a half million dollars annually there's receivers out there that make way way more than that so they see him as a piece that they can kind of fit into the puzzle which will actually pan out pretty big results uh so the the bears they he's a restricted free agent so the bears have a chance to match that offer sheet but the thing is chicago just brought on board Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, and Taylor Gabriel, all pass catchers that are supposed to solidify the passing game. Obviously, they're they're being brought in to help with uh, Mitchell Trubisky, who's an up-and-coming quarterback. So um, the thing is the Bears, the Bears have like $30 million in cap room available, so they could match this offer and keep Meredith. But they still have Kevin White on their roster, plus those guys that I just named. So it almost feels like the Bears might end up letting uh, Cameron Meredith go to the New Orleans Saints, which uh, that would be a huge pickup for the Saints because now you got you got uh, Michael Thomas and Cameron Meredith out wide. That's a pretty good tandem, especially if Meredith can stay healthy for the whole year and suit up for all 16 games. And I think really when playoffs come around, you're really going to see uh, why New Orleans picked up Meredith because um, he's really going to help later on in the year this offense become a little bit more potent. And you got to remember this uh, New Orleans offense already has Elvin Kamara, uh, Mark Ingram at the running back. So probably the best one-two punch uh, running back tandem in the whole entire league. Then you got Michael Thomas, who's been a star since coming in the league. Meredith's going to fit right into that whole puzzle uh, uh, very, very well. And 
keep in mind Drew Brees uh, conducting the whole offense. Brees is going to finish with more passing yards than anybody in NFL history. So this is just another tool for Brees to optimize the last couple years he's had left. And uh, I really like what New Orleans did here. Maybe Chicago does uh, match the offer just to keep uh, Meredith in their system and load up at the wide receiver spot. But it just seems like with all the the moves they've already made, it's very possible that uh, Cameron Meredith winds up in the Big Easy. Moving on, uh, we got the Dallas Cowboys and what the Dallas Cowboys could do. I thought maybe the Cowboys should take another running back and pair Zeke up with a star running back and just uh, let the running game eat people alive because they still have a really good O-line uh, uh, in Dallas. But... Uh, I think, you know, with last year, uh, you know, they they kind of struggled in the passing game. Cole Beasley in particular has, has slowed down a lot. He didn't have very good stats last year by any means. Um, Des Bryant's getting older. I know they brought in Allen Hurds to solidify things, but, you know, like Des Bryant, Terrence Williams, and Allen Hurds, they're all outside receivers. You got – Beasley in the slot, who's uh, he had like his worst stats in a while in 2017. You got Ryan Switzer, who seems more su- suited for special teams in the kick return game, you know. But then again, Switzer's still young, so maybe he could come along and eventually be a slot. But really, I see him. If I was coaching, I would see him as a return guy. Instead, I would try to go after uh, Calvin Ridley, or I'd go after DJ Moore. Obviously, if Calvin Ridley's there with everything he's accomplished over his collegiate career at Alabama, uh, they should go with him overall, or first overall, I should say. Or not first overall, but with their top pick, excuse me. Um, while if uh, Ridley isn't there, I think they really had to go with DJ Moore because he would be perfect in the slot. And with Switzer uh, working the return game, DJ Moore could focus on just being a contributor to the passing game and he wouldn't even have to worry about special teams at all unless he wants to do punt returns and let Switzer do kick returns or vice versa or whatever. But, you know, like a lot of people were saying, like, why not uh, uh, Cortland Sutton from Southern Methodist who's right in the Cowboys' backyard? The thing with with that is he's another outside guy, and uh, Dallas already has three of those players, so he's not really a fit right now. I mean, obviously, if you got him, um, it would be good just to have youth, uh, more youth at the position. But Ridley's versatile enough where he can play outside or inside. And uh, I think DJ Moore might be a, a pure slot that just absolutely dominates. So, really, those guys are a better option. And even bringing those guys on board are going to give uh, the Cowboys a little bit for the future as far as the receiver position goes. Because, you know, uh, Daz is like I said, is getting older. Uh, Hearns is, like, I think, like, 27 or something like that. Uh, uh, Terrence Williams is getting a little bit older now. So why not get a young receiver in there like uh, Calvin Ridley or DJ Moore who can uh, make some plays over the middle uh, he's a guy that could be dumped off on like a if if the defense is blitzing you can dump it off quick to DJ Moore Ridley and those guys can really make uh, the defense pay overall so really it's going to come down to 
what Dallas wants to do, but if I was in Dallas Dallas's shoes and I was calling the shots like Jerry Jones is, I would definitely go after Calvin Ridley first. If he's not there, I'd go after DJ Moore. Then, obviously, if those guys aren't there, then maybe go after Cortland Sutton. Um, I heard a lot of people saying that they might go defense because when Sean Lee goes down, um, the defense takes a huge step back. I can understand that, but uh, like the guy that I seen that everybody was throwing, da- are throwing out for Dallas, Roquan Smith, he had some. He's been fl- flagged for uh, an injury at the combine. He's dropping down the draft boards because uh, he's uh, a little bit banged up, I guess. So. Uh, Dallas just took a linebacker and Jalen Smith who they had to wait around for him to heal up. I don't think they should do that again with Roquan, with Roquan Smith. And let's be honest, the defense was better. I think the defense was ranked like 7th in the league last year. The offense wasn't as good by any means. I think they were around like 15th. So the offense is the, the side of the ball that needs to be prioritized this offseason. And, you know, the line's pretty good. Uh, Ezekiel Ellis coming back, that's huge. Really, it, it comes down to Cole Be- Beasley and Switzer. Uh, they could upgrade there at the slot receiver spot. And either putting Ridley or um, DJ Moore there is going to be a big, big impact for this football team. And then, really, you can really assess uh, Dak Prescott from there because if you load up the receiver's position and Dak, and Dak struggles – then you can start to point the finger at him a little bit. But last season, everybody's pointing the finger at Dak, and I don't think that's very fair because he's been the guy who has been willing the team to wins, to nine wins on the cusp of making the playoffs last year when Ezekiel Elliott was suspended. So if any anybody deserves any of the blame, it has to be Elliott for being suspended. I, I love Elliott's game. He's a great player, but, you know, that really hurt the Cowboys last se- season. So he has to be held accountable a little bit for the claps. The last thing I got for the ticker tonight is Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks is a beast in Mike Zimmer's defense for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Kendricks, a former UCLA uh, standout linebacker, has came into the league and really been sensational. Um, he's coming off back-to-back 100 tackle seasons. It's funny because uh, Eric Kendricks um, has a brother, Michael Kendricks, who's on the Philadelphia Eagles, and everybody thought uh, there's no way Eric was going to be as good as Michael Kendricks. Well, over the last two years, Eric's had better stats, and suddenly uh, the middle linebacker for, for the Vikings has defied a lot of expectations. Um, that's surprising considering the fact that uh, Kendricks is only 232 pounds. That's a little light for the inside middle linebacker position in the NFL. When you look at some of the best middle L- LBs to ever do it, guys like Dick Buckus, who weighed 245, Ray Lewis, who weighed 250, Brian Erlacher, who weighed almost 260 pounds, all those guys were a little bit he- heavier than Kendricks. But what Kendricks uh, lacks in size, he makes up for in speed. In speed, if you watch any Vikings games recently, this guy's playing sideline to sideline and creating big play after big play. Not only that, he has a knack for scoring defensive touchdowns. Uh, he's had one, or uh, yeah, he's had one defensive touchdown the last two years for Minnesota's defense. Both of those were interceptions, and uh, really, when you have a guy that can 
pick a ball off and find the end zone. Uh, that's the difference between being a really good player and being a great player. The great players make game-changing plays and change the outcome of football games. Um, Kendricks clearly does that, and he's a big, big factor in whether or not Minnesota can get back to the NFC Championship game and maybe get over the hump. I know there's a lot of good uh, players on that defensive front. Um, you got Limval Joseph. You got Everson Griffin. Those guys get after it. But Kendricks is behind them, and he's uh, filling those running lanes. He's playing sideline to sideline, like I said. And uh, he's so instinctive. And, uh, you know, when offenses are going against the Vikings, they know that they have a downhill linebacker coming at them. And what I mean by that is Kendricks is always uh, stepping forward and coming at you like a bat out of hell, waiting to punish offensive players. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun to watch this guy. Ever since Mike Zimmer came over from the Cincinnati Bengals, They've been really good on defense in Minnesota, and coincidentally, they've been one of the the better teams in the whole National Football League. Eric Kendricks is a huge, huge factor in all that. And this guy is going to be he's going to be special. He hasn't gone to a Pro Bowl yet. Probably would have went to one last year had Minnesota not been playing that deep in the season. But I think uh, you know, with all he's done, the NFL can't deny him for much longer. It's only a matter of time before he makes the Pro Bowl. And it's well-deserved. This guy's been very, very productive. I like his game a lot. Minnesota's looking good. Uh, really, that's all we got for tonight. A little bit shorter episode. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. I'm still looking for sponsors. I had one te- uh, one sponsor the other night, Tempest. Groupon sponsored us, too, recently. Um, if you're interested in sponsoring us, you can uh, go to my email. Email me at jdkuzma, K-U-Z-M-A, at hotmail.com. One more time, that's jdkuzma at hotmail.com. Uh, I can get you out here on this podcast. We're trying to climb the iTunes charts right now, so we're going to try to get your uh, your brand in, in front of some listeners if you uh, do sponsor us. And uh, check out endzoneblog.com. We have updates every day about stuff that's going on around the NFL. Um, check out uh, my Twitter, at NFL. You can check out my personal Twitter, too, at stillfly810. I appreciate it. This is uh, Monday, April 9th, 2018. John Kuzma signing off. Have a great day, everybody. Take care.